Welcome to this mini-series called Sustainable Saturday with me, Bianca Foley. In today's episode of Sustainable Saturday, I'm chatting with ethical fashion advocate Ruth McGill. We're discussing ethical fashion and what greenwashing means. In my opinion, if you're looking to make any changes to how you consume fashion, this is the episode for you. Ruth is a content manager at Fashion Revolution, the global movement for a fashion industry that values people and planet over profit. She's been writing about ethical fashion and working with sustainable brands for many years. Ruth also co-hosts Common Threads, a podcast that shares voices who are working to change the fashion system. So thank you so much for joining me. So what led you to become sort of interested in ethical fashion and what's your story, what's your journey? Yeah, it's quite a kind of messy one, but um, I was sort of always interested in fashion. You know, as a kid, it's all that stereotype of I was collecting magazines and I sort of dreamed of working for Condé Nast or something like that. Um, So I did a lot of internships when I was a teenager at magazines and things, and I really wanted to get into sort of luxury or editorial, that kind of side of the fashion industry. But I didn't have any connections. I didn't have any money. You know, I, I didn't have the kind of things that the system, you know, prioritizes to get people to the top in that world. So it's really, really hard for me. Um, I went to uni um, to study fashion marketing here in Scotland um, to kind of try and get a bit more on that path. Um, but just realized more and more that world was not really for me. You know, I didn't fit in there. I didn't, I just, it wasn't like a nice place to be in these kind of internships that I did. And then um, Rana Plaza happened. I started learning about um, how bad the fashion industry really is because really I was totally unaware. I I knew that probably buying my 10 pound jumpers from Primark was bad, but I didn't quite know the scale of the problem until it was in the news because up until that point, we never saw anything about sustainable fashion on like BBC or The Guardian or whatever um, sort of mainstream channels and this the sort of landscape on Instagram and in the blogging world which I was kind of in you know nobody was talking about it at all it was just about trends so yeah I sort of very slowly took the journey in my own life and in my own wardrobe of um, breaking up with fast fashion but it took a long time Um, as I'm sure anyone will know that's maybe trying to go through that right now it's it's not like an overnight switch because it's quite um intertwined with like how you feel about yourself like I think it's you know you can learn about the system but it's actually quite personal um so yeah that's a really long way of saying that it took me a while and then the way I kind of got into working in ethical fashion was through volunteering with Fashion Revolution Scotland Um, I then was working in a couple of shops and art galleries at the time and I got to know local designers and makers here in Edinburgh and through that I started doing their social media and started um, working in sort of digital marketing in a roundabout way, freelanced for a couple of years and now, I mean, literally this week I've started a new job at Fashion Revolution as their comms and content manager so sort of um, all up in the air at the moment but basically everything I do on a lot of different digital channels is all about ethical fashion so yeah a very long story and maybe a bit of a messy one but we got there in the end. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's kind of how it is for a lot of people though it's not a you don't have this like come to Jesus moment (laughs) 
it's it's a slow slow process and journey and it is as you say it's very very personal because you could change your wardrobe and still be somebody who takes six seven flights a year uh you could be you could be living a completely eco-friendly lifestyle in your home but you're driving a guzzler of a car or whatever like so it's it's very personal it's whatever works with you and this is kind of our message with sustainably influenced is each thing that you do makes a difference and do it within your own pace and do it in your own time and small changes compounded make a huge difference yeah. you can't you can't go like you can't do all of it all at once because you're more likely to fall yeah we actually um Ursula de Castro who was is the co-founder of Fashion Revolution said a great thing the other day about kind of likening um quitting fast fashion to like quitting fast food and saying that we're not doing a crash diet here we're not doing a juicing diet or one of those stupid you know trends we're trying to build a long-term relationship that's sustainable you know like yeah. in the original sense of the word to sustain something and so i think thinking about it like that you know it it's a lifetime journey really yeah definitely i'm glad that you brought that up that word sustainable in the, in its true form in its original sense because i've got a bit of a problem with the word sustainable <laughs> it's been used as a kind of umbrella term for everything at the moment and i'm sure you can agree so like all the larger mainstream brands are jumping on the sustainability bandwagon and they don't really they're not really hitting it they're not really hitting the mark with sustainability as far as i'm concerned in terms of what it is that their message is um it's kind of leading consumers to think that what they're buying is better when really in the background it's not can you explain a little bit about greenwashing and why it's in, why it's so important that we stop it from happening yeah greenwashing is a huge problem um me and uh, my podcast co-host Alice were talking about it the other day and how greenwashing maybe at first seems like a different topic or just a certain issue within sustainable fashion but really once you learn about how brands mislead consumers it sort of explains the whole system so i think it's really important to kind of start here and to start at greenwashing and as you say it's all about people wanting to buy better or thinking they're buying better and that's why it works because most people no matter even if they're buying from Boohoo every week you know they they don't want to be destroying the planet they don't want to be you know exploiting workers nobody wants that unless they're truly evil like everyone wants to do good but it's just not clear how to get there so yeah greenwashing's a huge issue um kind of in a nutshell um it's about a brand or a company over exaggerating or fabricating completely a claim about how sustainable they are so it's basically you know they're lying or they're really over exaggerating something so i mean we see examples of this every day you know we often maybe bring up H&M as um a brand that brings out conscious collections but all everyone on the high street does it it's not um you know we can name and shame brands but it's a systemic issue all fast fashion brands do it energy companies do it oil companies do it you know car companies do it it's it's a huge systemic industry wide issue because sustainability sells you know it's it's simply driving profit and any brand that's driven by profit particularly if they're owned by shareholders they have to answer to their shareholders 
you know, they're never going to be genuinely caring about sustainability like perhaps a small brand will. And I, I don't necessarily think we should expect them to. I think we need legislation that forces them to. I think we can't expect brands to like save us from this. Brands aren't activists. Brands aren't, you know, climate change warriors and they never will be. Like, I don't know how we got here to be honest. I don't know how we got to this place where we expect huge profit-driven multi-shareholder brands to do the right thing because why would they when nobody's holding them to account to do it so yeah it's a big issue i could talk about this for ages and there's the sort of side issues like it's not just about sustainability claims it's also about social responsibility it's about how they treat their workers it's about marketing their products using you know the black lives matter movement or international women's day or pride to sell their products where you know they don't actually care about the people in their own supply chain so to to market themselves as someone who cares about people and equality when they're not treating their workers fairly is is it's just a fallacy and i don't know why we expect it otherwise we need infrastructure we need systems we need policymakers to hold these brands to account and we need consumers to do that too because brands aren't going to do the right thing out of the goodness of their heart because that's not why they exist they exist to make profit so in a nutshell that's what greenwashing is basically (laughs) in a nutshell but um that's exactly it it's so difficult when i mean you have to understand it from the point of view of a large multinational brand as you said these businesses are running for profit. It kind of puts you in like this dilemma where you think to yourself, I want to I want to buy from a brand that is doing better and are doing all these things and are marketing, marketing themselves in the correct way. And they're not just jumping on the bandwagon, like you said, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, International Women's Day, Pride, all these things. Uh, it makes them seem like they're doing the right thing. Oh yeah, we're really down with, with what's going on in the world but they're really not. <laughs> they're just jumping on the bandwagon because people buy into it because it's a trend in itself. And it is, it's really unfortunate. And I think the onus is on the government and on those running our countries and running all the legislation to actually put these measures in place. And all it's going to take is people like us and the activists to then go in and put that pressure. And I think I, we need to keep in mind that at any time, a brand can choose to do the right thing. They just don't have the will. Like, for example, Unilever, who are the big conglomerate that owns like pretty much every single product we eat or use or whatever. You know, they're a huge multinational decided that they're going to introduce a rule where every one of their suppliers must be paying a living wage in that country. Simple, easy. Any brand could do it. H&M could do it. Caring could do it. And any of these brands could do it at any time. It's totally possible. But there's and not even, the will and there's not the pressure. This is it. And like brands like H&M that have been kind of praised for being transparent, just because they're transparent, that doesn't make them ethical. And I think that a lot of people confuse the two. So it can be really, really hard for just a normal everyday consumer who's a little bit interested. They don't want, as you said, they're not inherently evil. So they want to do right. And they think that they're doing right because that's what is the message that's coming at them. In your opinion, what can the general consumer do to ensure that they are holding fast fast fashion brands accountable for their actions? Yeah, definitely keeping that focus on holding brands accountable because 
while it is definitely important what you buy and I'm not someone who says oh it doesn't really matter what you do as an individual because it does matter because you know these brands that run on profit need consumers to buy their products so it does matter and what you do does matter and if you have the ability to buy better then you absolutely should but also if you don't have that ability you you only have your voice and social media obviously like has amplified that it's it's like a microphone for that so i think to hold brands accountable use what tools you have at your disposal which is instagram which is twitter which is i mean what else can we do when we're sitting at home we can't get out on the streets necessarily and scream you know we we are indoors so i really think using social media to question things it's not necessarily about like cancelling someone or like ripping them down it's about asking questions and i think questioning claims that brands make when there is definitely just a profit motive behind it somebody said something the other day about like treating brands and corporations like they're politicians so you know you use your vote to vote for um an mp for example you also use your vote as a sort of consumer consumer brands. yeah and politicians have a mandate to act right brands also have a mandate to act they exist because they have a body of consumers that keep them alive so it's sort of holding them to their mandate particularly when brands release um like targets you know they say we're going to be carbon neutral by 2030 that's they're giving you their manifesto right just like a politician you have to hold them to that when it gets to 2030 how many of these brands will actually be carbon neutral that's 9 years away they have a lot of work to do you know so it's really um using what you have at your disposal which is the amazing world of the internet where loads of information exists where journalists and activists are exposing these truths and for you as a consumer to say hmm something doesn't seem quite right here and you might not think that your voice matters when somebody has millions of followers but these comments are monitored by social media managers people like me who are on Instagram 24/7 that get back to the boards so i really think it's easy to feel powerless at a time like this but actually we've never had more access to people in power everything is within your reach the world is incredibly small mm-hmm. you can be speaking to anybody anywhere and literally the click of a button and this is where we we are able to then use these platforms that are in front of us to apply the pressure on those who are the decision makers to make the changes and it's it is so important for us to do that um let's talk about your podcast because i wanted to give you guys a little shout out too so you host the common threads podcast with alice crookshank um what have you both found has been like a common theme when speaking to your guests about ethics in fashion or the like thereof Yeah, that's really interesting and we've definitely been feeling quite reflective because we're coming to the end of a series now. Um, you know, we've interviewed all sorts of people, um activists, makers, designers, other journalists, um all sorts of people and there definitely is common themes that come out of every single conversation to the point where we're like, are we repeating ourselves? But the reality is, you know, the issue can be summed up in this way and it's all about systems. So Again as I said individual actions matter supporting small businesses taking care of your clothes but ultimately small tweaks within the system a handful of people doing amazing stuff a handful of brands doing the right thing 
it's not going to make a huge difference. It's a drop in the ocean when the system isn't built this way. The fashion system is built to be exploitative, to be wasteful, to overproduce. It's built that way, it's designed that way. It's not an accident, you know, it was built this way. So we need to transform the system. We need to think bigger than any one individual, any one change in a supply chain. We need to think bigger. We need to be more ambitious. And it's scary, it's terrifying to to think so big. It's if you've ever read Earth Logic or you've taken part in workshops about systems thinking, it can be quite emotional almost because you think this is about changing an entire industry, an entire way of life. But that's what we need. We're at we're in a climate emergency, you know, this isn't this isn't just oh it'll be nice if things were more sustainable. They need to be and we need to think bigger. So as a common theme that's come as a common thread that's come throughout the podcast it's definitely... i really want to go put a bush <laughs> i mean that was that was why i named it that i came up with that name years ago and wrote it in my iphone notes because i was like common threads because it's a thread but then it's the theme anyway it's my little brain but <laughs> i uh yeah that's definitely the theme that's come around and again as i said it, it's big and it's overwhelming but these changes that are so huge are coming from small places if that makes sense so like small independent designers um activists here in scotland for example it's a very small country everyone knows each other and people are coming together for example just on a zoom call to collaborate and think how can we build the fashion industry in scotland from scratch to be better how about we don't do things the way they do in london how about we do it differently these these are just everyday people with no money no resources no connections who are making this huge difference you know it's it's everyday consumers it's everyday designers thinking big and i think we can't wait for those in power to think big for us we have to make it happen ourselves so it's it's empowering to have these conversations on the podcast and elsewhere because it's pretty easy to feel super negative about the whole thing but the solutions are there when we just like take a step back and think like systemically you know think how if we were to start again and build a new fashion industry what would it look like really about using um the influence that you have so obviously like as an influencer you have influence but also any person has influence in anyone their local has community yeah. in their school their, in their church their friendship their circle friendship, yeah. yeah it's it's all about doing what you can where you can um but that doesn't necessarily mean buying a whole new sustainable wardrobe it really is about thinking in a more creative way about the type of world that you want to live in the type of fashion system that you want to invest your money and time in and also you know we talk about sustainability but like what is it that we're sustaining are we sustaining the existing system or do we want something new Thanks so much to my guest today. I've linked the full interview in the show notes if you want to have a watch. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Sustainably Influenced. Season five of Sustainably Influenced is available to listen now on all good podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening.